Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Happy New Year, Happy New Year. May we all have a vision now and then of a world where every neighbour is a friend. I'm Pete Donaldson, I'm joined by Jim Campbell. Hello. And Luke Moore. School's out for summer. Welcome to Ramble 2018, Lock and Lord. Feliz Año Nuevo! It's 2018, it's the Football Ramble, I'm Pete Donaldson, I'm joined by Luke Moore and Jim Campbell, as I've already said on the show. Welcome. I was doing gentlemen. schools out because there's no spellsy, I thought, schools out? What? Yeah, yeah. God, it's like New Year. Yeah. <laughs> spellsy is in Argentina hunting Adolf Eichmann, no, we f- and he'll be back soon. No, we fired him. Oh yeah. He's gone. Oh yeah, he's gone. Mm. Fired he's him to Argentina. <laughs> what, what he's doing now is up to him. The I microphone just... looks so sad without him, look it at does. it, it's drooping in its It, it doesn't saddle. look happy with him either, does it? <laughs> All that spittle, all that hateful spittle. spittle. Unbelievable. Um, so, uh, did you have a good New Year, gentlemen? Yeah. Let's, let's break into the New Year uh, festivities. I ate you had a, a quiet shol- one. I ate a shoulder of pork. You ate a shoulder of pork? Mm. I was Just in, I was in an alley. It's not a euphemism. It's not, it's not a newfangled nightclub down in Peckham. <laughs> actual shoulder of pork. I like mm. to think you kind of mounted it and sort of like give it a little nibble from behind. Yeah, yeah I did. That's how, you know, that's how I eat all my mate-based products. <laughs> <laughs> you well know, Donald. I must dominate before I <laughs> yeah. feast. Yeah. I must recreate the thrill of the hunt. It's not, it's not, it's not the same otherwise. No. I like to pursue hunt my uh, joints of meat in the supermarket. Mm. Is it just joints? Like So with an individual sausage, would you do the same? I wouldn't put the same effort in. Mm. No. no. I like to get a shoulder of lamb and I like to hide it in one of my rooms and then get really drunk and then forget where it is. And then I'm surprised when I happen upon it. Do you, I would eat you, I shout. Do you then put earplugs in a blindfold so you can only find it by <laughs> sense of smell? Yes. I love the idea of you having rooms. 
Because yeah. as, as we all know, we've been locked in your flat, and it's it's not like Sherlock Holmes's place. No, it? it's got it's, three rooms. Yeah, yeah, that you know of, mate. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't go in that it's cupboard. Not about the shoulder of lamb room. <laughs> it's like a really sad Narnia. Uh, so it's been a, a busy uh, few days of football. I mean, quite underwhelming at times. I think at half time, you we said were, that about all football all the time. We were completely yeah. goalless in the Premier League uh, over the weekend, weren't we? Well, yeah, for, yes, for, yeah. a bit, for, for a bit, for a bit after the initial two-two fixture, but I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but Jim, technically speaking, we are always goalless at one yeah, point. Yeah. for a bit, there were there were a lot of eggs for a sustained period of time. There were, I think it's fair. <laughs> People are just—you can see it. You can see how absolutely exhausted some of the players are. Sometimes a perfect example is the Stoke players trying to track Jose Perez for, the, for Newcastle. <laughs> he's goal. not even that quick. No, and he's, he's just young. But everyone on that pitch looks so tired. <laughs> well, we are going to start with uh, Mark Hughes's uh, problems, issues. He's not having a nice time of things, is he, at the moment? So Stoke fans, um, pop into the kitchen. Yeah, we're going to start with put, you for once. Put the kettle on, leave it playing. Yeah, <laughs> come back in about come back in about ten minutes. Yeah, no, they didn't start. I mean, the problem that Mark Hughes has had and Stoke have had is that he, he had he caught quite a lot of flack both before, during, and after the Chelsea game for resting these players yeah. and for making these changes when they went, I think, three 0 down. Mm. And he was quite. I mean, he was quite punchy in the post match at Chelsea by saying, look, I've got these injuries, this is what I need to do. I mean, they haven't actually got that many injuries. They've got a few defensive ones, but that's about it. And there are other teams in the Premier League with more injuries than them. But as soon as you go into a home game against Newcastle, mm. I, I, I guess a fellow relegation-threatened team, and um, you lose with a very experienced 11, I would, I would suggest, in terms of Stoke, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to bite you. And I think that's why he's copped so much flag mm. this week. Well, he set himself up for a bit of a fall, didn't he? Really, he sort of got, who else is going to do the job? Yeah, who else straight. is going to yeah. do I mean, the that job? Is, that's not the, you know, the best um, you know, point on your CV, is it, as to why you should stay in there? I but, know the players more. I know their middle names. Yeah, I've, I've managed this club before. <laughs> I'm doing it now. Imagine if, you, if your boss is like, that. this is your final warning. Right? If you carry on like this, you go in. And you went, oh, yeah, but who else are you going to get in? Yeah. yeah. Think about that before you... What do you mean I'm fired? <laughs> <laughs> I know the code to the printer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, t- taking it back to, to the chat, Stoke on the pitch against Newcastle, if you look at their lineup, it's it's... Because I suppose the debate will be whether can Mark Hughes has been there for a while. Do you give him a bit of money in, in January mm. to try and to freshen it up and, and give him and hopefully they've got just enough to stay in the division? Or the other side of it is, look, no, we need to freshen it up with a new manager. Mm. Is the manager getting the best out of this team? If you look at the team that played against Newcastle, hugely experienced compared to Newcastle's eleven. You had Jack Butler, who's, who's a great goalkeeper. Yeah. He could arguably be England's number one keeper. Eric Peters at left back, who's a very experienced player. Kevin Wimmer, very highly rated when he when, when Spurs signed him, and, and you thought you thought the move to Stoke would be a good one for mm. him. Kurt Zuma played at a very high level. Mm. Okay, they got a young kid playing right back, but in front of the back four, Joe Allen, Charlie Adam, and Jeff Cameron, like really grizzled seasoned yeah. Premier League operators who okay maybe aren't at their best. Yeah. But Joe Allen's only twenty seven. You know, they, they, he they didn't sh- look twenty seven on the pitch. I mean, they looked so ordinary. They looked yeah. so tired. Well, well, they look so old. <laughs> <laughs> but that that is a kind of um, is that's a midfield three that doesn't have a huge amount of creative spark in it. I mean, we know that Charlie Adam can be sort of very effective from from dead balls and things, but that yeah. that isn't necessarily. Um, but they should be tough to beat as well. Yeah, saying. yeah. Oh, very, very much. And, so. and and also, and also, like they had like Atsu, who's a left winger, right winger at best. 
depending on where he wants to play uh, on on what any given day. And they played him up top, you know. And, and he had a couple of chances, yeah. And, and Newcastle yeah. had a couple of chances with him up top. I mean, he fluffed both of them, but still. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, it feels to me like Stoke have got into this kind of malaise because they don't know what they're aiming at. And yeah, the Hughes have had three ninth place finishes in a row, which was their highest finish ever. Mm. They were 13th last season. You know, not really looked in much danger before now, but I think they just hit a ceiling of what but, they can expect. But is that the issue, though? Or is it just the fact that Hughes... Um, gave them a bit more creativity compared to their previous manager. Yeah, I think that's right. But it hasn't reflected on yeah. their on, on their um, kind of standing well, in the league. It's been unsustainable, extent. effectively. Yeah. But what's happened? But I would go even further than that. And I think we've touched on it briefly before. They had a certain they had a certain um, sort of style, and they were known for a certain thing. And this is the point, isn't it? With Stoke, with a team like Stoke, what can you realistically expect to achieve as a club? You're not going to be a top six side, bar an aberration like the Leicester City season, mm. which you know is a one-off, and we probably won't see it again anytime soon. Um, but at the same time, you can't really be happy with the same thing week, season in, mm. season out. Not as Jim rightly says, nine, three ninth place finishes in a row, and then Mark Hughes is, is is tasked with trying to freshen it up. So he brings in players like Afalai, like Bojan, like yeah. Shakiri. Like, like, Shakiri looked so disinterested. Well, he is disinterested. I know he's disinterested, but it's nearly the transfer window, guys. So. <laughs> he, and it's funny with Shakiri because he was one of the most highly rated young prospects in Europe, as we all mm. remember, you know. Um, and he and he, he didn't really seem to try a lick against Newcastle, and and so you wonder whether Hughes should be getting more out of them. Um, but but well, going back to my original point about them, Jim saying whether well, that midfield hasn't got much creativity, and he's absolutely right. But they should be tough to beat. And if it's one thing Stoke aren't, it's tough to beat. Yeah, they can see so. so many goals. Well, yeah. They can see more goals than if, any other team in the Europe's top yeah. five divisions. Five away at Spurs, um, five away at Chelsea, seven away at City. Yeah. Beat Arsenal at home, but there you go. <laughs> if the, <laughs> but if the rest of like the the, the mid table teams uh, were either going for those kind of European places or just dropping like a stone. Sort of the mid-table teams don't seem to know what they're doing at the moment. Like yeah. there's, there's very little room between the relegation spots and about ninth or 10th. So they would look worse on any other Premier League season. Well, I think, again, we've, we've touched on this before in the season and the scenario has arisen, uh, arisen again, which is that the three promoter teams are 11th, 12th and 13th. And mm. that, that has kind of, that has mixed it up a lot and it's, and it's confused these teams that are in, you know, effectively wouldn't have expected to necessarily be in this situation. Mm. And, you can see, actually, the players don't know how to deal with it. You can see how those Stoke players do not look motivated. And Fuse, uh, Fuse? why not? Mark Fuse, um, <laughs> Mark Shaw, Fuse. enough, um, yeah. is, uh, is is so frustrated himself by that. I saw a nice tweet saying that, um, and I forget who it was, so apologies, but you know who you are. Uh, said um, the reason they won't sack Mark Hughes is because they're terrified of the golden handshake. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. So there's talk of Mancini, Daish, even Brendan Rodgers as well. Um, but Mark, it, it's been made clear that he's not seen eye to eye with his recruitment staff. Would courts bother throwing money at Hughes? Pr- Hughes? Probably not, you'd imagine. But then it sounded very much like Pulis was uh, about to be kind of uh, parachuted in to take over again and to steady the ship and to prevent them from going down. Uh, but he's taken the borough job. So does yeah. that con- mm. con- confuse things well, a little bit? One, the one move I was... And look, you know, He's still in the job and we have to respect that. And, and Mark, Do we? A, <laughs> well, he's an experienced manager, so you know, he's still there at the time of recording. One thing I found interesting was, was Steve McLaren's manoeuvres. So Steve right. McLaren went out to Israel and did some sort of a director of football type strategy mm. type thing. And he came back. And he was on the Sky Sports News this morning talking about this, that and the other. And he looked like, knowing what Steve McLaren's like and knowing that he loves, he's, done, he's had lots of different jobs in football, hasn't he? And he, and he mm. clearly still wants to manage in the Premier League. Mm. You wondered whether he was, he was over in the UK for a reason. 
Right, okay. I, I, what, I, I, can't, I can't see Sean. I mean, Sean Dyche isn't going to go yet. No, no, exactly. And no. Brendan Rodgers came out fairly recently and said that he wants a real legacy thing at Celtic and he wants to win yeah. 10 titles and all this other stuff. Ooh, so, so you think if Mancini wasn't interested in Leicester, then you know he, he probably won't be interested. Mancini, just go on the bettings, guys. Just go on the bettings. But Mancini's <laughs> not long taken the job at Zenit. He's, yeah. he's only been there six months. So, I mean, again, that would probably be a bit surprising as well. well that, that's the thing. There's a dearth of kind of managers that don't have jobs in the home. So it's like, everyone's kind of happy. Yeah. Everyone's kind of content. Why are you bringing me into this, says yeah. Roberto? Well, Hughes as well kind of maybe has a point there. Yeah. Maybe he's, that's a genuine question. I, mean, I don't know who you'd bring in. <laughs> don't envy the task of replacing me <laughs> they go away in the cup and they've got a real banana mm. skin at Coventry and then they go away to United after that so mm. tough tough well, time well the weird thing about that match was like a really easy PR move for Mark Hughes they weren't going to win the match they looked completely disinterested that said uh, I thought uh, Newcastle had to, to make some pretty decent last ditch uh, uh, tackles and indeed uh, serves at the back end of that match yeah, Darlow did well didn't he yeah he, he, he did amazingly well, well. Uh, bring um, Stephen Ireland on He's, he's been out of the game for 20 months. Yeah. Last five minutes, give yourself the chance of hearing some applause from your yeah. home team. Have that narrative. Exactly, just have that. Just do that. But he's so kind of like bullish. He wouldn't even think about doing that, would Mark? I don't know. I mean, Stephen Island got, is coming back from a double leg break. Uh, you know, when, you, when you've got the potent Sido Berahino to bring on. <laughs> See, that's another thing that <laughs> they probably couldn't have bargained for. You wouldn't have expected yeah. Sido Berahino's confidence to be just basically but in the negative. He's got to so have a badly. That, that's fair, Jim, but I, I feel like I should bring to the table that if you're a manager that brings a striker to the club and you, you know, find the recruitment thing is the recruitment thing, but Mark Hughes is the manager, presumably he sanctioned that signing to some extent. Mm, you have a responsibility as a manager to inject confidence and belief and get the best out of those players. Yeah. That's your job. And do your due di- diligence as well. well. Perhaps Tony Pulis in some way mugged them off. I don't, yeah, know, what, could, don't know what his motivations <laughs> might have no, been there, Tony, but who knows? Tony loves Sido. He <laughs> loved him, didn't he? He, he thinks of him as a son, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, well, from uh, a team with uh, the wonderful uh, Joe Allen in it, to Liverpool. Liverpool yes. had uh, a pretty decent uh, festive period. Yeah. A dramatic last gasp win at Turf Moor. Seven changes uh, in that match uh, with an FA Cup derby to uh, come this weekend. Three of the Fab Four absent. They still managed to do it, even though they made uh, pretty heavy weather of it. It's an impressive win because uh, over the festive period, with all those games piling up, one or two of the results you, you're going to need to get are going to have to be those leggy results mm, where yeah. you sort of bash it over the line. And they've done that so well without three of their most you know potent attacking forwards. They got mm. a couple of those, didn't they? Last two games, I would say. They went behind against Leicester yeah, they early. Yeah, they did. But um, you know this Fab Four thing? Have we decided who's who in the Fab Four and the Beatles yet? Because I really don't want to do that. Okay. Um, okay. And so uh, this is what I've got. I mean, we've got, obviously we're talking about Coutinho, Firmino, uh, Mane and Salah. Mo Salah's definitely George Harrison. He seems like he just likes a quiet life. He doesn't. He's not really. He's, have you seen him being interviewed when uh, Bren, uh, not Bren Rose, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jürgen yeah. Klopp, when Jürgen Klopp handed over uh, an award to him uh, quite recently? He's, uh, he's got an adorable voice. Very he's, soft. He's very softly spoken. I think I think he's Harrison. Yeah. All right. Coutinho's John Lennon because everyone's Massive, talking yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah, pulling yeah, the strings. Yeah. yeah, and everyone's talking about him. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, and after none of them are really Ringo. Firmino star. <laughs> no, Firmino star is uh, he, he's, he works really hard, <laughs> holds it all together. No, I think Firmino's going to have to be McCartney. You think? Because I think Mane's so Mane's be Yeah, yeah because Mane's Mane quite underrated this season. Because of the uh, fine work of the other players, and certainly in particular Salah, I think um, he's kind of like the underrated genius in I, it I, I think Firmino's slightly more underrated. <laughs> well, maybe we should put this to the listeners. <laughs> it's probably been done on another it, football podcast. But it's a ring. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But, but you, Jim's right about Liverpool because... That, those games come thick and fast and Klopp was quite vocal before it saying this is crazy mm. Yeah, I'm, he's obviously come from it uh, right, Mr Germany no, he, <laughs> coming he, over here with your ideas about resting players careful <laughs> he, 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 he's, saying, he's saying you know in Germany we don't play at all 
Literally mm. none. No games mm. in, the, in the winter. And he's, he's, he's actually come to, to more games. Um, but mm. they've handled it admirably well. And Liverpool looking great, Nick. They, yeah. they, they really do. They've not lost for a long while. Um, they're creeping up that table. They you know, do. And also with Van Dijk coming in, obviously we get to see what sort of um, you know, impact he's going to have. But that's a very, very positive thing that they've got that over the line. And also they've got Naby Keita coming in the summer. So mm. they're, 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 mad, they're ahead of everyone <laughs> for next season already. And they're, prob- like, they're going to lose one of the Fab Four, but he's slide catering. It's fine. <laughs> but if you look at like if you look at Van Dijk, he's like he's been out for a little while with injury over the last couple of seasons, and this season he's not been great. So mm. you, you do wonder about how is is that going to be the, the panacea to all Liverpool's problems? Probably well, not. I've heard, I've heard a few people saying that you know a few people who know who've been around football clubs closer than I have saying that I, I, they would be reticent to sign a player like Van Dijk mm. because he's got that streak in his character that. I mean, he, he, he was saying at Southampton, my head's not right, I can't play. It's right. not as though he was knuckling down and saying, look, whatever happens, happens, but I'm being paid by Southampton, so I'll do my thing. Yeah. He, he's, I'm not suggesting he's like a Pierre Van Hoydonk, but I mean, he's been absent. At one, at one point, if you guys remember, we were hearing that he was training on his own. Mm. So some, I've heard some people say, I don't really want that type of character or someone who's got that aspect of their character mm. in my dressing room, but... I'm fairly certain Van Dyke is a Liverpool fan and he's mm. wanted to be there for a long time. And I also, I don't know this, but I suspect that he was told by Southampton, you can go to Liverpool. He might have had a clause or something like that where they said if it's a top four side, or okay. whatever, you can go. Right. And because Liverpool messed up the approach and it was an illegal approach, mm. it sort of left him between a rock and a hard yeah, it was no, yeah. it was no, It wasn't Southampton's fault. Mm. So he must have had his head messed with because of that. Mm. So you wonder if he gets to Liverpool and hits the ground running. You've got to say he's going to improve them a great deal individually. Yeah. But I don't know if, if, if Liverpool makes so many sort of defensive errors um, that it's something to do with the coaching. It's, hard it's to, not it's hard solvable from one player, is it? We've seen them concede goals from, from throw-ins a few times this season mm. that really, really cost them and, mm. and, and things that you... But it do. might be solvable if the guy is such a leader mm. on the training pitch and during a game that he just organises, organises, organises. It's hard to make an argument that he wouldn't improve them. But, it, but, it, but if you're the sort of player who's going to get his head turned like that, do you have that strong uh, yeah, personality you're sort of running, that type. jump into a club going, all right, decades, let's sign ourselves out. But not only that, what, in 18 months' time, what if it's Barcelona? Yeah, yeah absolutely. But he's gone again. He's going to go again, yeah, isn't he? That's, that's the worry, isn't it? Um, the life of a brilliant footballer. Isn't yeah. it brilliant? Yeah. Training alone sounds bleak. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you even do? Stop when BBC Radio Hartlepool come and turn dancing. Yeah. Thing. It's difficult to get him motivated, isn't it? He won't Ra- even turn up half the time. Radio Hartlepool is genuinely broadcasting from like, a front, uh, like a like a terraced house wow. on is Park it, Road. Is, is it your dad? Is it Stuart Donaldson? <laughs> Stewie. He does. <laughs> he does the website. Yeah. Uh, so obviously uh, a lot of talk about Coutinho. Um, he's absent as the transfer window swings open. That was probably just an injury or something. I reckon. I'm going to call that curious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nike have already been advertising Barca shirts with the the fourth Beatles number on it. Klopp says he's both disinterested in the Ferrari, but also still offered a wow. What a story. <laughs> He's shrouding yeah. his Klopp. Yeah. He doesn't know what he is. <laughs> yeah, he's shrouding his Klopp. Yeah. Sometimes, basically, with Klopp, it seems to be he's the happiest man in the world and wants the press conference to go on for six hours, or he's gone within about a minute yeah. by, after telling everyone in the room they don't know anything about football. Yeah, yeah but when it goes within a minute, it's as if like there's some... Almost like there's a ghost only he can see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's so distracted by whatever it is he's concentrating on instead of the interview that that in itself is wildly entertaining. He's very emotionally led, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, hugely so. But did, uh, did you see that um, Salah and Mane were going to Accra the night before, or was it the day before? The Ever- day before, the, yeah, they're landing yes. in the yeah. afternoon before a match in the evening, which is, everyone's up in arms, and I'm usually on the side of uh, footballers, and certainly Jürgen Klopp, but uh, in this situation I do sort of go, 
That is a bit strange, isn't it? I mean, well, Salah won't be able to play anyway. Yeah, Klopp said that you know the reason he isn't going to be able to play isn't to do with him being at the awards ceremony. And they, right. he's also said that you know we've got the t- we've you know got two of the three best African players playing for Liverpool, so we need to respect that. And mm. I, I do understand that. But well, he said you know, it's he said, a small window. He said uh, we have to show them respect. We are going to sleep in a hotel the night before the match. They are going to sleep on a plane. That is the only difference. I mean, that, that is. <laughs> I mean, a that is a huge. Difference. That's a fly in bed, mate. Yeah, you know, I don't, have a word. I, I don't think they're going to be an economy in, on EasyJet. No. Still though. Um, <laughs> You know, you know, this is this is a as you just said, Peter, like an African uh, player awards, isn't it? Mm. And you said you were saying that the the, the African season is, is is happening at the moment. Most anyway. of most of them but are. Yeah, I, I e- checked e- it, e- e- Egypt's in the middle of the season. The, like all the, the big all the big countries. Aren't the they? Ghanaian Premier League isn't on. It no, doesn't start no, no, till no, February. No. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know who the uh, current current uh, title holder is of the Ghanaian Premier League? Who's that? Absolutely, Adiwana Stars. <laughs> of course, won it by nice. six points in twenty seventeen. Uh, would you like to know um, uh, Mane's uh, early years, uh, where he where he started his uh, where he started his footballing career? What in Senegal? Yeah, yeah. Go on. Generation Foot. Oh, that's a great team. Oh, name. Generation Foot. Generation Foot. What do you do? Football, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> if For gen- generations. Shouldn't it be a, a generation? Is it Pierre Foot in French? I don't know. Actually, my French isn't very good. Do you know what their boxing club down there is called? What? Generation Fist. <laughs> Generation Punch. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to uh, chip off uh, for a little while, but we'll be back uh, very soon. We're going to be talking about the Manchesters, and we'll have some correspondence with Disco Jim Campbell. All right. Yoan Kebab, Shola Amamovi, Hatton Ben Afri. Nice to have him back, isn't it? I, I, mm. Do you know what? That's the sort of thing that happened in football that... I'm very, very pleased that this show will never let me forget. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> the amount of great stuff that's happened that we've probably forgotten about, I'm pleased yeah. that's been preserved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love that news coming through. That made my year at the time. <laughs> the Joe Kinnear's back. The Joe Kinnear and Dennis Wise. Dream and team. Mike Ashley Triforce. The Cockney Mafia. Wow. Disco Dennis. Well, uh... Yeah, it's all very sad, isn't it? Anyway, let's have some correspondence with you, uh, Jim. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, this is from Oliver Bailey. Hello, Oliver. From, Oliver, Oliver Memories, Oliver Memories Bailey. Bailey, I yeah. assume, yeah. Uh, he's not put Memories in it this time, so maybe that's oh. just his nickname. Is this, an, is this an email? It is an email. Yeah, because Oliver Bailey's uh, Facebook name is Oliver Memories Bailey. So <laughs> I think he's just changed his Facebook name. I don't King think that's his nostalgia. actual name. Yeah. 2018 rebrand, people. Mm. Yeah. Well, Oliver starts by saying, Dear Hombres, we all know that the Premier League rules oblige clubs to fulfil post-match media commitments. Can I suggest a rule change? You can do what you like. Yeah. Make an obligatory boxing-style joint press conference before and after every game featuring both managers, both captains, the biggest shareholder from each club, and the referee in the middle. There would be no one else on the panel, like PR people, etc. Instead of just journalists asking the questions, there would also be a certain amount of season ticket holders from both clubs' fans associations too. Actual verbal abuse would be banned, of course, but imagine the delicious psychodramas that would take place. Imagine a live panel of Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, Sheikh Mansour, Joel Glazer, Vincent Company, <laughs> Michael Carrick and Mike Dean with wow. journos and fans asking the questions. Throwing has been asked... Sorry. Go on. Throw in a couple of YouTubers that I'm talking about. Oh, like, absolutely. Doing the, throw in the answers, doing the questions of people. Absolutely. Oh. Get KSI in there. <laughs> uh, owners being asked whether they back the manager in front of the managers. Managers being asked whether the squad is good enough in front of the owners. Referees being asked to explain their decisions. Captains being asked about the performances of their teammates. It would be beautiful chaos. Yours footballistically, Oliver Memories Bailey. Oh, they signed oh, off go, that yeah. way. No, I've added that. Oh, you have. Um, you know, a boxing press conference, when done well, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Quite. It's arguably one of the finest... Sort of watches in sport. I can I can sit and watch a good boxing card press conference for an hour. Yeah, I just can never understand two men who are being. I like it when they're more civil to each other because it is like 
you're going to be punching that guy in the face soon. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so weird. Well, so, so much of, of how boxing is sold is hype, isn't it? Yeah. And that, that is a big part of the sport, and the sport has embraced that. Football can't pretend that hype isn't part of the game anymore. It Ooh. absolutely is. So why not go all in well, and do this? One of, one of the greatest moments, I don't, obviously we don't endorse it and all the rest of it, but it was amazing, is when Derek Chisora fought um, Dillian White. And he threw an entire table at him. <laughs> it was stunning. So I, I genuinely think, and I'm sure we'll come on to talk to about him in a little while, um, that sooner or later, Mourinho, will be, Jose Mourinho, will be happy to not play the game at all. Oh, he's got to do something. Just, just do the press conference. Uh, maybe Put, sort of draw, draw, draw like a lottery to see what the result was. Yeah. yeah. And then he can do his press conference bit, afterwards. Bit of close up magic that he does. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. I mean, it's getting to the point now with Mourinho where he's going to start announcing. A range of cookbooks after the game. <laughs> yeah. Just to, just to sort of deflect in some I way. Saw, I saw your tweet. That was very funny. Well, oh, like, yeah. I just like, yeah, just to have a game of pie face or something. We are playing pie face Did now. you play pie face over Christmas? I didn't, know. Oh, I okay. don't have a very festive family. I tried to start no. a game of Monopoly, but no one's having it. Because it takes oh, years. The big, the big, <laughs> that's true. The big question that people want to know, the listeners, right. um, re-Christmas at the Donaldson household, did you convince your mum mm-hmm. to cook the roast potatoes on the day? I did. There must be some yeah, sort of jingle for that. Boom! No, no, no. <laughs> I can't stop it. <laughs> That's, That's great the end of the show, guys. That's yeah. the end of the show. You must have been delighted with that. I was delighted. I mean, to be honest, I've got so good at cooking roasties recently that I'm like, Mum, just oh. let me have a crack. Let that, me have a like, crack at the big day. She, your mum is Alex Song. Arsenal want to bring in a young midfielder to push, push him on a bit. That's brilliant news. Did they, uh, they taste better? They did taste better. Good. I don't know what she's playing at. Sorry, she's, Jim, I'm cutting into your section. Yeah. That's all right. It's fine. Uh, so, going to dive right back into that. Gents. I am, I'm sure there will be listeners everywhere trying to figure out what to do with naff slash unwanted presents that they received on the big day. Uh. My three-year-old got a great present from my mum in the form of a pop-up goal for the garden. My mum knows nothing about football at all, but even so managed to pull off the biggest trolling of me without ever realising it. I'm an Arsenal fan, and what themed goal did she get him? Not a Spurs one. That would be an easy shot. No, a Champions League themed goal. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> mum. The best thing is she doesn't even know she's done it. That's from Mark Fantastic. Pattinson. Mark, Mark can at least put his full Arsenal kit on and pretend to score a on the Champions yeah, League yeah. exactly yeah. what does, yeah. What does your mum know about do. the branding the yeah. international branding exactly. icon that is the Champions League yeah <clears throat> got another one hi Ramblers I'd like to draw your attention to ex-WWE wrestler and Ted DiBiase stooge Virgil pretending to be Virgil van Dyke on Twitter this is madness <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've seen this but this, I promise you this is real Virgil clearly still feeling spiteful towards DiBiase seems to have set out to overshadow the million dollar man by becoming the 75 million pound man Ew. he's also gained recognition with a strange obsession with pasta and meat sauce Virgil's always making eyes at American Eatery Olive Garden on Twitter in an effort to gain some kind of sponsorship presumably having given up with Olive Garden Virgil's gone all in with this Twitter fraud, changing his profile picture and tweeting messages from the perspective of the Liverpool-bound defender. Though Virgil still cannot keep his mind off his beloved pasta, as most of the tweets seem to bear some mention of the Italian cuisine. That's from Jordan McLean. So, it is so, so bizarre. So basically, a wrestler has started to pretend he's Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, because obviously he's to got, get one up on he's got his blue tick man. as well, right. so he's just calling himself Virgil and just sort of diving in, oh, pretending he's van Dijk. The man I feel most sorry about for, in that type of affair is the, the guy whose name's just John Lewis. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah I think his bio is just like I am yeah. not the the, the, the department store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know a Joe Hart who has a similarly torrid time oh, every dear. now and then. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you shouldn't adopt Twitter early, should you? You shouldn't adopt your social <laughs> media early. Have we got one final one? Or? I've got highlights of the week. Do you want oh, yeah, some highlights of the week? Of yeah, let's bash them out, guys. Ross Kirkman's telling us, has to be when Carvajal and Silva shook hands before the Watford versus Swansea game. Carvajal continued to talk to Silva in Portuguese for a good few seconds after Silva had decided to walk off. <laughs> Miss that. Enjoy that a lot. <laughs> Dean Tipton says, my highlight of the week is ending 2017 with all eyes on Mike Dean. Just the way we, and more importantly, he would have wanted it. Absolutely right. Uh, Stephen Mudge knows how to get a mention here. The latest Acast Plus special. Absolutely great listen, particularly as an Aussie. It's easy for us here to look at the fixtures like Iran and Iraq, a scary away trips with rubbish pitches. So to be reminded of how much more there is to football in those nations is very important and always eye-opening. You know, so yeah. yeah, get yourself involved with ACAST+. That's, that's the special with James Montague, a, a fine, uh, almost, what did Marcus describe him? Marcus told me he had been described, James Montague, as the Indiana Jones of football writing. Ooh. Goes all over the place. Uh, puts yeah, his so, hand in football-related spider holes. So, mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's actually the current owner of the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one ninety nine a month for ACAST+. Plus. Download the ACAST app for that. It's mm. really simple. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, as always, show at thefootballramble.com is the way to do that. Are we going to be doing some more highlights of the week at the end of the show? Uh, we can do if you want, yeah. mate. Let's do yeah. some at the end of the show. No, we're doing going for global at the end of the show, Donaldson. Well, we'll do it before going for right. right, I'm shaking it up. Who cares? School's I'm out. St- I'm still drunk from New Year's. I've, still got, I've literally still <laughs> got a stamp drunk. from a nightclub <laughs> on my hands. You can confirm that is true. That's from 1999. <laughs> the, the millennial, millennial party. Uh, so, uh, Manchester's, the Manchester's, uh, Man United delivered to, delivered to a goalless draw against Southampton at home on the 30th, but uh, they, they were back to, to winning ways against Everton. Yeah. Uh, 0-0 against Southampton and then uh, 2-0 against, uh, against Everton uh, yesterday. Was it the day before? No, wait, yesterday. Uh, Marshall, Marshall uh, deputising in the wake of uh, Zlatan and Lukaku's injuries. Fantastic uh, 20-yard curling effort from, yeah, from, uh, from, well, from both of them. It was, a, it was a funny game as far as that United were poor in the first half. Yeah. And then they stepped up to quite a large degree in the second half, and Pogba was fantastic. But then everyone instantly forgot how bad they were in the first half, mm. and the commentary team were like, oh, I've got to give a man in the match to Pogba. He's been absolutely fantastic. And it's like, he has been fantastic in the second half, and he put on two goals, mm. um, although the assists weren't like classic assists. He yeah, just gave yeah. the ball to the guy, who then did all the work. And the frustration for me, I suppose, is that Pogba has got the lot. He can do everything. And Paul, there was, but there's an element of truth in what Paul Scholes said after the Southampton game, which, by the way, United were absolutely turgid. Mm. It was like going back to the Louis van Gaal years. Yeah. They were so bad. It was arguably, it was definitely up there with their worst performance um, that I can remember. Um, and so Paul Scholes was right. But then when Pogba fancies it, He's absolutely incredible. Mm. He is incredibly mm. good. I think though, he, he's a real engine type player, though, isn't he? So a, a big part of what he does is, you know, is, is laying it off, just making space, marauding through that midfield. And if those around him aren't clicking with that, that kind of, you know, there's only so much you can do. And I True. feel there's been a lot of that um, uh, with, with United over, over this period because they, they went four games without winning, which is huge, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Pogba, uh, Pogba getting a goal disallowed against Southampton because he, he has such an expressive face. <laughs> Paul Pogba getting denied a goal is, is a magnificent thing. That's why he's box office. That's why he's in all his adverts walking down the street. Yeah, talking exactly. about Adidas. He can sell things with his but mere it's, mouth. <laughs> it's almost, I feel, a li- I, mean, I don't feel sorry for him, I guess that's the wrong phrase, but it's, it's interesting to me that whatever United do now, even if they, I mean, because there's nothing wrong with winning fairly ugly and going mm, about your yeah. business and winning, winning, winning and winning the league. I mean, we've seen, we've seen teams do that in, in the past. But United have been thrown into this whole new, and I'm going to use the word again, like existential sort of nightmare because mm. it, suddenly it's not enough for them to win games. Yeah. They have to look good while doing it because what's happening down the road and everything is being judged in that context. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm fascinated to see how this plays out between now and the end of the season with Mourinho because there's, I've seen people comment and ask whether he is in his third year Mourinho and his second year already. It feels but, that and, way. And I was chatting to someone uh, the day before yesterday who was saying, you know, is Mourinho making, laying the ground for, for an almost like a, as, as honourable as, as Mourinho gets, but like a respectable departure from Old Trafford um, uh, to, go, to go somewhere else. Well, do, do, do you think Jose was sold the job as to just get us back winning? Get us back winning, get us back up there with the big lads, just sort it out. Yeah, but, I, and, and, but in the meantime, City Manchester City have yeah, kind yeah. of built on what they had last season and, and created this incredible football play football club. It's a long season. Things might change for Man City. You already saw like, the results dropping off a little bit for them. Yeah. But, well, 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 they, they, got, they got one draw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally them dropping <laughs> off, mate. That's foot off the gas. Yeah. Boxing Day, cradling a big fat stomach. That that was an incredible last five minutes of a game, just <laughs> on, at the at Palace. Did you see? Did you see? I mean, it was unreal. Mm. The um, the penalty and the penalty miss, and then City went up the other end and almost scored. It was crazy, yeah. unspeakably good. But you know, but United. I mean, they play Derby in the FA Cup next. Mm. I mean, I love third round weekend. It's the best weekend of the season, arguably for me anyway. Um, and then they've got. Um, Two quite winnable games. We mentioned earlier they play Stoke at home and then they play Burnley away, who've been very, very good this mm. season. So that'll be a nice measure of, 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 of what United are all about. Well, look at the problems that they, that they gave Liverpool in, in, in particular. One thing I found very interesting about the United game, sorry to cut in there, Pete, is um, how many shots from distance they had uh, against Everton. It was really, really noticeable. It was a clear tactic. And you wonder if without Zlatan, without Lukaku, Mourinho thinks maybe we're going to struggle a little bit to get in behind that defence, despite the pace of Martial and Lingard. And it paid off for them. But I thought it was a very... Markedly strange tactic. Yeah, I, I, I think against Everton, they, Everton looked pretty aimless at times. I think Rooney mm. was part of everything good that happened with uh, with Everton on the day. But like Nias had one header, and that was about it for, for Everton, to be honest. And, and the special mention for Jesse Lingard. Mm. Um, yeah, you're yeah. Probably, forgets, <laughs> we'll probably edit out. Forgets to edit this out. Yeah. He's been fantastic. He really he's has. In, he's in the form of his career. He's, he's scoring a lot of very different goals as well. Mm. The, the, two, the two he scored the other week were, were it's, beautiful. It's, it's getting to the point if he carries on in this trajectory. I'll actually be excited for him to come off the bench for England in the summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. Yeah. I think I think it would be, be exciting. Well, can he play that impact sub? Is that is that his kind of? I think that's what that, he would. That, I think that's that. what he would be doing it for England. Right. I think, yeah. Well, fair dues. Uh, but uh, Stephen Zonzi is a target for Everton. Would they give them? Uh, would they give them more just uh, in front of the defenders, or do they need more midfielders? Is that the problem with Everton? <laughs> yeah. well, as we said before, so many times about Allardyce, he is an arch pragmatist, isn't he? Mm. So if he's identified a player, he thinks can. Uh, improve his midfield. He'll probably just sell another midfielder to make space for them. But the striker <laughs> thing is the obvious thing. The link with Cenk Tozen from Besiktas and Musa mm. um, Dembele from Celtic as well, which I think might be quite hard to prize him away. But um, mm. I think the most interesting one I've seen would be uh, Michy Batshuayi. I think mm. that would be quite a good fit. Do you know what I like about this? And it's something I mentioned when Allardyce took the job, saying that Moshiri is fairly new to football and all the rest of it. And I said Allardyce will take him round to the absolute cleaners. He knows he's got money. He's seen all the money that's been spent already. He's going to play the card that he says, well, I'm a new manager. You need to give me my players to yeah, work yeah. with. Mm. And he's going, to, he's going to sign players. I've got a feeling this, this transfer window could go crazy. Back me or nice. sack me. Sam Allardyce. He probably won't say that. He'll probably just say back me. Mm. Back sack or crack me. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to think about Sam Sack. Um, so, but you, you were talking earlier about uh, Jose um, getting upset with what Paul Scholes said. Paul Scholes was questioning mainly like Paul Pogba's kind of demeanour, his fitness. He just didn't look interested. Um, but I think Jose had to temper his comments a little bit. He would have gone all out, I think, if Paul Scholes wasn't the player that he was for Manchester United. But he did say that I think the only thing that Paul Scholes does is criticise. I don't think he comments. I think he criticises, which is a, a different thing. He started calling the ex-Ferguson era players in the media at Kings of Rock 
rock and roll, which I, I like think is that, quite yeah. nice. I also like the fact that he went, I'm fed up because <laughs> all you ever do is criticize. <laughs> yeah, that was a swerve. That Alex, was a swerve. Alexander O'Neill. Classic uh, uh, deflection from uh, Jose. I was speaking to an ex-pro earlier today and about in the context of this Paul Scholes right. thing. And he said to me, sometimes, you know, you know it's unprofessional, but sometimes you care so much about the club yeah. that you can't help it, that you right, just yeah. you hate it and you mm, really yeah. want it. And, um, and I think that's partly what's happened with Paul Scholes. And I do think that Mourinho's got a bit of a point here because you hear about all this class of 92 and all the rest of it. Um, and you wonder whether they all think, I, I, they deserve a role at the club. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, they might feel that way. Like, yeah. I, th- I think you know we give so much to this club, and look at what's happened happened now. Why am I not on hundred grand doing and, this? And uh, look at the way that, that Ryan Giggs was sort of cast aside. Mm. Um, I know Giggs is a wealthy man, and, you know, and he's, he's, I'm sure he's always going to be fine. But that hurt him. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a reasonable leap, too much of a leap. Sorry, to say that that could have hurt someone like Skulls as well, who's his, who's not only a good friend of his, but he mm. probably thought, look, yeah. if Giggs gets the job, that's me as a shoe in mm. on the coaching staff. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe it's something to do with also, that. Also, as well. Well, given you know the success of that generation and how many of those players were English, there are a lot of ex United players working as pundits. Probably, you know, it's a pretty unique situation for for Man United to have to Ooh. deal with so many of their ex players who represent the era not only of you know of of, of the, the golden sort of trophy laden days, but of the best manager they've ever had, whose whose shadow still looms large. Mourinho's got to do something about that if it's affecting the players. Because if you're getting pilloried left, right, and centre, could could you imagine Ferguson saying that about like? Bobby Charlton or Dennis Law. You know. <laughs> yeah. And the only, the only person who's, who's from that generation, ex-player generation that's at the club, I think, is Nicky Butt, who's the Youth Academy director. And a few of them are ambassadors and stuff like that. Mm. For services that. to the matches he played for Newcastle yeah. against Man United. Yeah. Just disappeared. Yeah, did did not <laughs> yeah, Well, you would. Man United are very close to his heart, but you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't expect a man to be professional in that situation. He's having a nice little run around with his friends. the black and white of Newcastle United. This is why I signed for Newcastle. I'll go miss him whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh, so uh, we'll probably move on to a bit of Man City they're uh, playing Watford tonight Big Sam's team almost broke City's unbreak- un- un- uh, unbeaten run yeah. unbreakened that, you mean the Brecon Beacon? You mean Big Roy's team? Sorry, Big Roy's yeah. team. Big yeah. Roy's Roy the team. boy. Sorry, Roy the boy. Speller would be turning in his grave. It yeah. was where he dead. Big Sam, Jesus, sorry, what's wrong yeah. with me? I told you, I'm still drunk yeah. from, uh, from from Poland. Uh, but yeah, they great uh, explanation. It was a great ending to, to that match, as you said. Uh, how important mentally, possibly for both teams, was that save? I think it, I think it was a woeful penalty. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's, that's part. I of just it. think in a in a situation like that, you have got to look at the striker, someone like Christian Benteke. I think step up, pal. You know, yeah, yeah. take th- the responsibility. If you have to wrestle the ball from the guy, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, uh, did you did you guys think it was a penalty? I thought it probably was on balance. It was. It, it wasn't the clearest penalty, but I think I agree but with it, you. Probably, is, yeah. Are, are they getting away with it? Is the referee getting away with it because of that Mike Dean decision? Maybe, yeah, that's maybe. just taking all the colour. We all get a free one this yeah. weekend, boys. <laughs> no, right? Yeah, um, but it was a terror. I mean. I was so excited yeah. watching that game. Like the last five or six minutes, mm. that, uh, I hate to be, sound like the older, you know, the Sky Sports you know, cheerleader, but that was vintage yeah, Premier League. Yeah. I mean, the passage of play, the, the fact that he's given a penalty there. <laughs> I, I, although I said I thought it probably on balance was a penalty, and I think looking back on it, it was, it was probably 50-50. The pair of brass conkers on the referee to yeah. give that, I, I know it shouldn't make any difference. How many times have they not been given? Those sort of, well, those sort of decisions? I mean, I, it, I'll take you back to when... Um, 
when Robert Perez dives against Portsmouth in, mm. the, in the Invincible season for Arsenal, he dived over Ariane D'Souza, yeah, leg got brilliant. a penalty. Yeah, you loved it, James. I didn't like it very much at all. <laughs> I didn't I'm care so, for I'm it. I'm so angry, I called you James. Yeah, uh, but, and Dezeo became a detective, a homicide detective, <laughs> to write injustice forevermore. He's been and murdered. He's still searching for Perez. He can't find him. He's on the phone to Interpol. Um, but you said it was an amazing, amazing passage of play. And then City, City went up the other end and might have scored had Crystal Palace not physically assaulted every oh, single one of them yeah. on the way. <laughs> no, this isn't happening. De Bruyne. Jesus Christ. That Jason Punchin one. That's, that was so red it was black. Yeah, J- J- Jason Punchin basically with no concern for his own well-being. Yeah. And I think he might have injured himself yeah, as well. Yeah, which, so. which is, I don't care what anyone says. It's the hallmark of a dirty child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking this down to the trenches so much I'm going to put myself out for a month. <laughs> I like what Pep said about uh, Man City not maintaining the run throughout the season. He's convinced he's not going to get this Invincibles title off, off Arsene yeah. Wenger. He said uh, maybe Arsene is uh, worried about that but I tell him many times that the 2004 run is for him. Today is completely different to 2004. For one, he had hair so it's very yeah, different yeah. now and he, was a player he, he had um, Al Halil I think he didn't really have that he's never really had that good hair uh, he had strong hair he, back in the he was day going, he's a bit, bit of a Zidane no? he was good no. no, even in 2004 he had hair talking about this talking about this um, unbeaten run and I guess because the, the, the title was pretty much over that's mm. one of the things we have to talk about I said this last week I'll just reiterate it now they go to Anfield on the 14th of January and that will be a humdinger. Yeah. Look, well, out, look out for a nil-nil. <laughs> well, it looks like, uh, you know, the, the decidedly unfestive sight of uh, Jesus crying over the festive yeah. period was, uh, was kind of a big, it's going to be a big hit for uh, Pep. It might be either two weeks, three weeks or possibly as, no, as, as long as two months. It's looking quite serious. It could even be 12 weeks. Well, um, so, yeah, do, Brazil is watching. But De Bruyne is not as bad, is it? Right, no, yeah, 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 yeah. a couple yeah. of weeks. He's going to sit out the next game. I think they're playing Watford. He's going to mm. sit out that game and then come back for the next one. I mean, too. Aguero will slot in. <laughs> but should anything happen to him? We spoke about this at the start of the season. Mm. Like, could they Aguero potentially is, be light with a bit of bad luck? Aguero, you know, he has sat out fair, fair swears of uh, previous Premier League seasons. He's not uh, He's not a complete stranger to a, a bit of a, an injury crisis no. himself. But so. he's been rotated a lot. So mm. actually, this, this, You'll be this dizzy. isn't the worst timing for him to step I think, in. I think, among all the other credit we give to Guardiola, <clears throat> I think that um, he deserves even more for managing and balancing Gabriel Jesus coming in and still keeping Aguero happy mm. because Aguero has been linked with moves. Mm. I mean, and like you say, Pete, he's had injuries here and there, but he's, I think it's only Raheem Sterling who scored more goals than Aguero this, mm. this season. And we talk, we talk a bit about Rafa Benitez wanting players in and I've seen some... Pundits... You're right, Mitrovic swap deal, I'm up <laughs> no, for it. <laughs> no, no, sadly I wasn't going to go down that avenue <laughs> but I've seen some pundits say, you know, Rafa Benitez, how can he get the best out of his players when he's just undermining them, keeping saying he needs new, new players yeah, coming yeah, in? Yeah. Well, it doesn't always have to work like that. I mean, if Aguero can... can has obviously viewed Gabriel Jesus coming in and thought, well, I've got to up my game. I've got, yeah. I've got to step up another level again. And you know what? He's outscoring Jesus, so he, and he's playing. So um, he'll be able to come in and do a job there, no question. Yeah, but, I mean, who do you th- if they were without both, who do you think would go in? I mean, Guardiola could probably put Fabian Delph up front and it would work. But you're thinking probably Sané, Sterling, maybe even David Silva as a sort of false nine. They, well, you, you still feel they'd, they'll well, be all right. They're, they're one of those teams that aren't kind of... Edison. They aren't relying on this Harry Kane kind of character, are they? Yeah. They're, they're, they're very passive. They're very, they're, they spend a lot of time in the in-yard box of opposition and then they can pass through tiny, tiny balls. So anyone, really. I think I'll Guadalupe, do it. I think Guadalupe could, could turn any player in that squad into a great um, striker with about three <laughs> days' notice. <laughs> yeah, that's where Spelzi's gone. Um, someone was saying to me today that Guardiola spends the most time with... Um, with um, forward line that, of, of any coach he's ever seen. Oh. He, apparently, he really drills into them, um, their movement, their runs, all the stuff they need to do properly, well, their well, link-up plan stuff. Uh, right, let's hit ad break. We'll be back uh, with a little bit more football. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Beautiful young eggs. Eggs that need a mum to take care of them. Very nice. The previous show, sponsored by Bet365, is coming back this coming Friday. How did our best better get on uh, last time, Luke? Oh, it was me. I believe it was you. Yeah, and I narrowly and unluckily missed out. Mm. Uh, it was an over three and a half goal shout in the Liverpool-Leicester game, which of course finished 2-1. So um, we need someone else in the hot seat. I was just trying to get in there to give it a real lift, to give, to give the listeners a bit, mm. of a, a bit of a leg up, and I failed. So someone else has got to step up now. Um, show at thefootballramble.com if you want to uh, provide our best bet with Bet365 this uh, week and I'll pick my favourite uh, from the email inbox you do that I will you do that, sorry so for letting everyone down including charity well you, you gave it the big licks and you, uh, you stepped up to the plate and that's the important thing it is a plate that was overflowing with food over Pete, with Pete, pork I'm, shoulder I'm putting myself in the positions that's what I can do <laughs> the, goal, the goals will come mate <laughs> um, do you want to go to the football league yeah specifically you Luke Moore yeah, Portsmouth right. fan <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, Tony, don't get out of it come on do you know what they did Portsmouth. what did they do for those, who, for those of you out there who call yourselves football fans but might have missed what Portsmouth did <laughs> last time out, 1-0 uh, up at Bristol Rovers with five minutes to go. Lost 2-1, baby. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Is, uh, is the uh, title bid off? They'll always let you down. <laughs> title tilt, title tilt. Uh, Tony Pulis got his first win of the season at Deepdale as his new team took on Preston. Uh, the Borough defender Fabio, uh, not the 
male model, uh, Fabio, uh, took to Instagram after being dropped saying, you all deserve better. So it's good to see that he's made a lovely start, not rubbing people up the wrong way or nothing. What does he yeah. mean? What, let's, let's try and analyse that comment. What do, you, what do you think he actually you means? You all deserve better. Then Pulis. He's just coming out swinging. Well, I read that as... Well, there's two ways you can read it. One is, I should be playing better and you yeah, deserve better. Right, yeah. But it should be... You all deserve better than that person playing ahead of me. It should be me <laughs> and me. <laughs> Maybe, but it, just, it definitely sounds like a come and get me. It's, it definitely seems, he posted like a picture on Instagram with him sort of waving to the crowd and stuff, saying goodbye and stuff. So it looks like he, uh, his days might be, be numbered. Um, he, they were 2-1 two, two down, I think, with about uh. 25 minutes left by. They turned it around. That's what Tony will do for you. Tony yeah. will do that. I like that he's just, you know, had no qualms about dropping down a division. You, you know he's very confident he can just get them up well, like, the, with a bit listen, of time. Listen, there's an incoming loan bid for Sido coming. Yeah, <laughs> look, look out for that. Oh, beautiful God, boy. He, oh, he'd love that. He would. He'd need that. Sido <laughs> would never step down a division, I don't think. You're right. Well, he's, well, he's, he's doing it with his performances. He's patently out of his depth. <laughs> yeah, he's doing it with his performances. Yeah. Uh, Forest, Notts Forest, uh, oh, sorry, Nottingham Forest. I hate it when they call him Notts Forest because yeah. it's too close to Notts County. Nottingham Forest, once again, looking for a new manager. Gary Brazil has now been caretaker for Nottingham Forest three times and for County twice. So 3 2 to the tricky trees there. What a, what a servant to what? the city of Nottingham. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go either. Get I'll sta- go either. Put a statue up next to Brian Clough. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe an ex- equidistant statue. Yeah. But just with him <laughs> holding some sort of caretaker's equipment. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm going to I'm going to have my statue electrified with both AC and DC current, <laughs> just to show how. For awesome what reason, I am. Pete? Uh, to keep the pigeons off. Okay. Which I th- I do believe the Churchill statue in Parliament Square has that. Really? It's it's electrified. I think so. Yeah. Good wow. statue. Good statue knowledge. It's got big. It's got bigger letters than all of the statues. Bigger than Gandhi's. Arrogant. Uh, Gary, so <laughs> Gary Brazil played for Newcastle, by the way. Pete. He did play for Newcastle. Surprised didn't mention his, that. Well, I mentioned that his daughter plays for Fiorentina. So oh, does she? That's, That's a great cool. little stat. That's a little okay. stat for you. Uh, back in football in Hillsborough, Katrine Mier, uh, the CEO of, uh, obviously, um, Charlton, uh, has now moved to Hillsborough. It's fair to say that the reaction to the appointment has been mixed. Mixed? At best. It's been a mixed zone. Um, yeah, it's mixed generous. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to, to contextualise that mixed reception in quotes from Pete Donald? Yes, please. Last time I was at Chelton, uh, Chelton, the fans were doing a sit-down protest in the car park, so she literally couldn't drive her car in. Nice. That's, a, that's how nice. mixed it's been. Get her in. The owls yeah. want her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's the noisy minority. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, dre- it's looking dreadful mm. down there, isn't it? It really is. Mm. But, uh, yeah. And the Charlton are doing okay this season. They're, 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 um, they're sort of there or thereabouts. They're, they're not too far below Portsmouth, and that's not a terrible place to be. Well, some du Chatelier kind of... Du Chatelier <laughs> kind of leaving the club possibly, 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 uh, you know, has really uh, been the boost they needed, I think it's fair to say. Not geographically south of Portsmouth, Jim. All right, all right. Just below I think Portsmouth. metaphorically it also stands. Depends yeah. on which way you got the map up, isn't it? Uh, so in, uh, in League Two, here's a story from League Two, um, <clears throat> Forest Green Rovers were beaten 2-1 by Wickham. Uh, the midfielder Charlie Cooper got sent off, followed by... His dad, Mark, who that. happens to be in the dugout. I love that. Isn't that good? Do you, yeah. Does dad still tell off son in that situation? Yeah, I don't know. He's also got sent off himself. You can't do that. You can't do that. So, if I'm going on the naughty step, you're going to have to sit here with me. <laughs> yeah, so, they're going to be sat in the stand like, later on. The naughty stand. Yeah, naughty stand. So was it the son that went first? Yeah. The son yeah, went I, first and then the manager, his dad, complained about it. I like that. That's, that's good solidarity. That's classic that's Saturday morning, five-a-side kids match. Say what you like about that. But the Coopers stick together. <laughs> well, <laughs> they should be the next East Enders family. Well, weirdly yeah. enough, one thing that I noticed: uh, um, uh, Cooper was always, his dad, Mark, was obviously a, an excellent Hartlepool player back in the day. Great football manager back in the day when he used to play as Hartlepool. But uh, nepotism does run in the family because Mark was actually managed by his dad. 
Leeds legend Terry Cooper while at Exeter, would you mm. believe? So nepotism right. runs in the family. Very the much Coopers so. stick together. The Coopers stick together. Hanging with Mr. Cooper <laughs> and his dad <laughs> and, and his, his granddad. Yorval <laughs> uh, versus Crawley. Uh, we all like to see this sort of thing. Someone got a Maplin's gift card for Christmas. A drawn stopped play. With 10 minutes to go with a score at one all yeah. after an 11-minute delay. Pete, don't you mean someone else got a Maplin gift card for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't been down yet. We got a lot of tweets asking if this was you. <laughs> yeah. this is, well, this is absolutely the thing Donny would do if he was told... It, look, someone sat him down before a game, like half an hour before kickoff. Someone sat him down and said, right, you've got to stop this game. Yeah. Whatever tactics you want to use, you've got to do it. Flying this is, contraption. This have is, I got time to uh, charge a cell? This is absolutely the thing you would do, Don. <laughs> before, before getting it wrong in some way by crashing the drone maybe on the side of the stadium so like no one noticed. I've only, <laughs> I've only ever... That'd be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Just raining down bits of metal. Yeah. yeah. This happened before, Pete. Do you remember we were covering it on some TV oh, show? yeah. And um, it was Bradford the the, City, the was that, it before? The one that a professional footballer tried to get us kicked off because he didn't like us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That doesn't narrow it down. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the drone uh, stopped the play with the score at uh, one all after an 11-minute delay. You'd presume it was a home drone, so to speak. Uh, Crawley, uh, the away team, managed a winner in stoppage time. So not an ideal uh, situation, mm. really. If you let yourself down there, Yorval. Uh, uh, Strange motivation. Strange motivation. So uh, it's time for a bit of going for Glold. We've you, wrapped up well, the show pretty much. I've done that. You told me to do more highlights of the week. Well, let's do some highlight of the week. Thank then. you very much. <laughs> Don't even get a jingle. All right. Highlights. That is the ramble default jingle. It really is, yeah. Um, Punctuation in many ways. Aaron McAleese, in relation to the recent trope regarding missing big moments of a game, I went to the toilet during Saturday's Celtic versus Rangers game and missed absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, uh, this is a good one from Bob Dunn. Not sure what day it is. Mince pies for breakfast, and there seems to be football on all the time. <laughs> I hope 2018 continues like this. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Endless. It probably won't. It probably won't. You're, you're going to get diabetes, mate. Yeah. If you do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, that's all I got. That's all you got. We've got to get involved. Just hang around the Facebook page on the yeah. day we record. That's probably your best. Uh, your best bet, isn't it? That's your only bet. Yeah. Uh, right. It's time for going for Glolds. Are we good for going for Glolds? Good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Lord. 2018. Oh, you had that on the end. Yeah. I bet, I'll give you... <laughs> Didn't do it live. I'll bet you 100 quid you don't add that on next week. I don't care. All right. No, I, rem- I d- remember that and take his money, Pete. Yeah, good point, actually. 100 quid. That <laughs> was bold, wasn't it? I haven't got any money for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is January. Uh, hello to Joe Deasy. Nice and Deasy does it. He's doing it for 19... 19... 2018. Yeah. S- sleazy Deasy. Sleazy Deasy does it. E- uh, eating is cheesy. Thank you. No. Thank you for Joe. Uh, thank you for this, Joe. Thank, thank you for Joe. <laughs> thank you for Joe. <laughs> Your morning, Joe. Everyone together. Thank you for Joe. Thank you for Joe. One, two, three... Thank, Thank you, you for, for Joe. Joe. Uh, first clue. Are you ready, guys? Yep. Yeah. Bearing in mind, you can get one up on Marcus, who gets very upset about losing he, this match. He does. And I think because it's January, yeah. and we might have a load of new listeners with their new shiny iPods or whatever it is. <laughs> All right, Grandad. Explain the rules of the game. Uh, basically, I give you... It's basically, it's basically JJ's uh, mystery player that happens <laughs> on uh, Friday nights on Five Live. Because he, well, he stole it from you. He's, he stole it from me. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, yeah, basically, I give you uh, some mystery clues pertaining to a particular mystery footballer, and you guys have to guess who it is. To start... Stop me, you have to say stop. One guess per round. One, One guess, guess per, per round. One guess per round. Um, and this game has had its fair share of controversy already it this has, season. I'm looking yeah. at you, Jim Campbell. Sorry, mate. We need That's VAR. VAR. Need VAR in this. <laughs> no, we need one ref in each half. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <clears throat> right, first clue. I was born on the 13th of April, 1988 in Porto Alegre, Brazil. Stop. Robinho. 
Incorrect. Oh, did you think I had it, Jim? I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a rare beast indeed, getting it on the first yeah. one. Do you remember we did that? Um, we were doing that <laughs> and interview. And he is literally a beast. Do you remember we did that interview with um, that, that newspaper and I got Nigel Martin in one clue? Mm. Yeah, that, that was, was the, That weird. was my yeah. best ever moment. That was so yeah. strange. Yeah. Uh, I have made 105 appearances in the Premier League, scoring five times all for one team. Stop. Julio Baptista. Oh, nice to hear from that guy. Well, it's because you said he is a beast. And yeah. I thought, would Pete be that yeah. sly and no, accidentally I, I meant Rabina. trip up? That's wrong. That's wrong. It's incorrect. He scored more than five goals. Well, he scored five in a game, didn't he? It's fair to say he probably scored more than five goals. I just, you know, you know what Pete's like. Get out there. That's rude. It was a punch. Take it, mate. Close. Take it. Take it. At the swamp. My first European club was Porto, where I was until 2007. Stop. Is he Anderson? It's Anderson! Great one. Congratulations, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Uh, I've won the Champions League. I scored in the shootout of the winning final. I have eight cats of Brazil and I've won the Premier League four times. Patrice Evra once said, I bring bring him his burgers at one o'clock. What are you sure that's about? (laughs) I mean, Patrice Evra says a lot of crazy stuff. I left Manchester United under David Moyes, joining Brazilian side International. So uh, I am Anderson. Congratulations to George Easy for testing us, testing yeah, our metal. Good one. Patrick's ever last seen literally kicking the shit out of a fan at a game. Yeah. I, well, I was trying to remember what he was disgraced for. Yeah. But I, yeah, I wonder it, how his life is going right now. It was that. He could turn off a new leaf, no kicking fans in 2018. Thanks, Joe Deasy, although I found it quite easy. If Marcus is listening to this in Argentina. He never would have got that before me. Do you reckon? Nah. <sighs> Big talk. Big yeah. talk. He would have no got himself in a real like, panic yeah. about it and gone really <laughs> yeah. sweaty and like, shaking. Yeah, he'd be very quiet right now. You know what Admonishing like. himself. <laughs> Insisting that he's not annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it... this won't annoy him hearing it. <laughs> no. I no, think right. we can all be assured Marcus won't be annoyed listening to this right now. <laughs> well, if you want to uh, get involved and check a couple of clues my way, uh, it's really easy. Pete at thefootballramble.com. That's the way to do that um, guys thank you for um, putting up with me oh, for a pleasure. whole show oh, it's been enjoyable, I'll be better Peter. on Thursday we'll be great on Thursday well I'll have a lovely it, time it feels, like, um, it feels like my parents have gone away mm. and we're being looked after by our pervy uncle oh mm. no I was going to say responsible yeah, babysitter no. well one posing as the other I, put, I, I, I printed out the running order in colour you did so it's very, very enjoyable up yours Dolores mm. uh, so yeah as always if you want to get involved with the uh, Football Ramble uh, it's uh, shortthefootballramble.com we can be found on Twitter at Football Ramble and Facebook and all kinds of lovely places uh, we'll see you on uh, Friday morning for the Bet365 preview show thank you for joining us we love you we care about you have a cracking 2018 Luke would you like to say goodbye goodbye Jim would you like to continue the goodbyes I would goodbye Goodbye, everyone.